Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How's it going, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice, episode 193 with your host, Chad Minton, and co-host, Rich Al. How you doing, Rich? Good. Almost 200. We're getting closer and closer, man. Getting closer and closer. Yeah, man. I don't know how they've kept us around this long. I don't know how they have. I don't know. We barely know. Let's check into that. Let me check into that. Yeah. We don't even know what we're talking about half the time. (laughs) Welcome no, in, everybody. We appreciate having you uh, as we get through the off season here, and we got to finish at our top twenty National Predators <clears throat> players in franchise history. We're in the top ten. Uh, Rich, I know you've—that's uh, all you can think about for the past few days since the last episode. That's all you can think about is what my top ten is going to be. I'm fairly certain I know who number <laughs> one is, but I'm not going to ruin it. So well, but that. you. Know, you don't know two through ten, though. You don't. No, I don't. You're and I right. like that cup you're drinking out of, too. Yeah. Straight from, straight from... Oh, wait, where's my camera? Straight from Bridgestone. Love it. That's yeah. a cool cup. I like yep. it. I am wearing a um, baseball shirt. Natural Sounds. Beer, baseball, <laughs> Natural Sounds. That's awesome. Because, uh, I mean... We're in the middle of baseball season, so I might as well embrace it right now. Baseball, um, bro. Baseball, bro, yeah. So uh, we got to get through that, but it's all good. So, yeah, yeah we're going to finish out our top 10 of our top 20 players in National Predators history. If you haven't already listened to episode 192, well, where have you been? I know it was a good you gotta one. got to get caught up here. You got to get caught up. But uh, we're going to share the recap. Of the of twenty to eleven, we're going to share that on the bottom of the screen. But we still want you to go back and listen to that episode, episode one ninety two, because we had some good stuff. Let's put it on the bottom of the screen here, so we can recap. I got to recap myself, honestly. Oh, no, it's my list. I remember the first one was Jordan Tutu. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a my fun episode. Go back and listen to it. Yeah, go, <laughs> go back and listen to it. We got we got it scrolling on the bottom of the screen there. But uh, we're going to finish out with the top 10 tonight. And then also, we got some other things to get into. We're going to be a little realistic here tonight and talk about some reachable goals for the National Predators in 2023-24. That is a really difficult task that we have to figure out here because this team is an enigma. That's what I've been saying all offseason. Who yes. are the Nashville Predators? I mean, I know that's a very general question, but Rich, who are they've, the Nashville Predators? They've been an enigma since I've watched them. Started watching them in twenty seven or twenty eighteen. But they're way, but now way more now, way yeah, more now, more than ever. Things are, things are things are definitely different. So, 
No one knows. It's all a mystery. You got a new GM, a new head coach, a lot of new players. You've got younger players who are inexperienced. You don't know how they're going to perform in their second full years of really playing significant minutes on the NHL level. So much uncertainty, so much unknowns around this team. Got a new big name center, Ryan O'Reilly. Yes. That's a big name. And we don't know how this is all going to shape up. That's why it's really hard to figure out where to place them. So, we got some realistic, reachable, I call them reachable goals that we're going to list out. And Rich is going to throw some in there as well. And then also, we've got a, it really fits into the same narrative here of unknowns. But the most mysterious players on this team, I'm using the term mysterious, Rich. Mysterious. Who are the most mysterious players on this team? We don't know how, we don't have any idea one way or the other how these players are going to perform in this upcoming season. Yep. Mm. We have a poll. We took a poll. We have a poll we will share. Yep. There's we some... sent to our uh, listeners. That's going to be fun. Yep. And then since we're in the middle of the offseason and there's not a lot going on, you got to dig deep. Yeah. We are going to close out this episode with some things to brighten up the rest of your work week. We are recording on a Wednesday, so it's hump day. We want to get you through the rest of your work week. If you're driving into work on a Thursday morning and you're feeling groggy, you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I cannot get through the rest of this work week. <laughs> Got to get through Thursday and Friday. It seems like an eternity. We are going to close out this episode with some things to help you give, give you a boost. Some fun stuff. Yeah. Fun things. Work week. So that's going to be fun. That's what we got in store for you for episode 193 of Catfish on Ice. Rich, I don't know if you see up at the top of the screen, Raycon is back with us as a sponsor. Yep. And then we'll tell you about Raycon. We'll tell you about Raycon later on. They got wireless earbuds, wireless speakers, all the things that you want to have for your summer fun. If you're out on the boat, on the lake, if you're if you're hanging out in, on the beach, like you know, I am down here in Florida. Yeah, every day, right? It doesn't matter. Raycon's got all of your wireless speakers and earbuds needs. So we'll tell you about our offer we have. With them, thank you so much to Raycon for sponsoring us. And also, the real OG DraftKings is still a sponsor as well with our promo code THPN. It's still running throughout this offseason with bonus bets. We'll tell you about both of them later on in this episode. Let's get ready for... I was going to say, speaking of OG folks, here's Max Greenberg, our buddy, saying hello. He he hasn't been on here in a while. It's summer. And then Max is... Max writes for... Predlines.com alongside myself, and he is an amazing – he knows his Pred stuff. He's a great guy, great friend of the show, great friend of mine, great friend of Rich's. He's an awesome guy. He's been on the podcast before as a guest. We'll bring Mm -hmm. him back on again in the future as the season gets closer. Thank you, Max, for joining us. We got some other comments jumping in here. Word up, y'all. CJ says, word up, y'all. Word up. Get up on the lingo here, people. I know, right? Word, Word up. up. Word up, y'all. All right, let's get into this top 10, Rich. All right. 
You ready for this? I'm ready. I don't know if you're ready for this. Who's number 11? Who was number 11? Mike Fisher. Uh, number nope. 11 was Craig Smith. Craig Smith. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. So, so going to be. We, we are, I'm about to put it on the screen Craig here. Smith. Let's get number to my. 10. I've already got it on the bottom of the screen, the recap here. So excited. Um, so, for all of our YouTube viewers right now and also watching on X or, God, I can't say it. I know. Yeah. Twitter. 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 If you're watching on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, yep. change mm-hmm. is hard. I know. Change is hard. I don't, I don't even understand um, it. But okay. If you're watching the RDC, the recap down below um, of the of 20 to 11 of our top 20, we're getting in the top 10, guys. So uh, let's go ahead and put number 10 on the screen. I think Rich can see it now. Oh, yeah. Let, let's here get it, it on the screen here. Let's get it on the screen. Uh, Rich can see it in the queue, but I gotta, I gotta make it, I gotta make it actually show up. There you go, right there. Paul Korea, Paul Korea at number ten. And I think what's important for people to realize when we when we say this right now is that we are ranking players based on their time with the Predators. We are not ranking players when they didn't play for the Predators. That's right. Paul Correa's NHL stature largely came before he played with the Predators. He did. But at the same time, when the dude joined the Predators, he absolutely became the biggest outside player to ever join this team at that time. It wasn't even close. Yeah, and he had two very good good years with Nashville. Yes. <laughs> and that's the only reason why he's ranked back at number 10 for me is he only played two years for this team. Yeah. I I mean, I'm probably stretching a little bit to put him top 10 since he did only play two years for this franchise. But I cannot overlook the two years he mm-hmm. did have for this franchise. He joined the team in 05, 06 and put up 85 points in 82 games. Let me just say, in that part, in that time of the NHL, and where this team was at at that time, 85 points in 82 games was unheard of for a National Predators player. Massive. This guy shook this franchise up in a good way, in a very good way. Yep. So he, he joins the he, he joins. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say real quick. He he maintained his you know his point average from when he played in Anaheim. Like it, it was consistently high numbers. So absolutely, it's it's pretty awesome. So the year he joins the Predators in 0506, he's thirty one years old at that point. So you know he's. I'm just saying, like let let's compare it to current times. Predators just added three players in free agency who are plus 30. I'm not calling it the exact same scenario, but Mm -hmm. you add Ryan O'Reilly, who's 30-plus years of age. Mm -hmm. You add Luke Shen, who's 30-plus years of age. You add Gustav Nyquist, who's 30-plus years of age. I've even said plenty of times over the course of this offseason that I don't, before free agency happened, I said I don't want the Predators to necessarily be adding these 30-plus-year-old aging veterans and look what they were past the primes of their careers. But let's look at 
Let's look at Paul Correa. His both seasons in Nashville, he plays all 82 games in both regular seasons. That in itself is a incredible accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. All 82 games in both seasons he plays for Nashville. And we're talking about a player who is very undersized, was a little bit ahead of his time in terms of how he played the game. 31 goals in his first season with Nashville. He put up 24 goals the following season. Was an assist machine. 50-plus assists in both of his seasons with the Predators. So you got that. Let's go to the all-time list here when it comes to all-time greats for the Predators. Points-wise, Paul Crea is going to be far down there just because he only played two seasons with the team. Right. So all-time list, Paul Crea is not all-time see all-time career numbers. He's not going to show up for the Predators because he only played two seasons. But if you're talking about single season records. Paul Korea is right up there with all of them. Yep. 29th in points for the Predators. So until Roman Yossi and Matt Duchesne decided to go off in 2021-22, <laughs> and Philip Forsberg for that matter, mm-hmm. Paul Carrillo actually was had the top two single-season point records for the franchise. Before 2021-22. Yes. So Paul Correa put up 85 points in 05-06 and put up 76 points in 06-07. Up until 2021-22, Paul Correa was top two in the franchise history for single season points. That that record held for over a decade. That's what I was going to say. It was on the books for a long time, for sure. For sure. And and then and the fact that that record stood for so long is pretty impressive in and of mm-hmm. itself. Finally, you had the 2021-22 season where Matt Duchesne and Philip Forsberg were going head-to-head to set the single-season goal record. And then, oh, of course, course Roman Yossi put up nearly 100 points in a season. So Paul Correa's single-season record was eventually shattered, but pretty impressive right there. Yeah. So... Paul Korea comes in at number 10 for me. Number 10 is a good, that's a good spot. Only two seasons. That's the only reason he's so far back for me. He only played yeah. two seasons with the franchise, so it's hard to put him any higher. He was a big get for Nashville. Massive. Massive. That for was sure. during the time. That was absolutely during the time when the team was still trying to figure out their way. So right. when he came in, all right, we we are about to bring up number nine here. This is a lot more recent. I mean, we are flipping things right now, flipping things big time. Rich, I know you love this guy. I Lucas love Pisa. this guy. Lucas it hurts that he's this far back on my list, but I think there's going to be some people who are actually going to argue against me that I have him in my top ten, honestly. Let's put him on the list. Let's put him on the on the on the. There he is. I, I think he deserves to definitely be in the top ten. So, Rich, were you, be honest. Were you wondering where Matias Ekholm was going to end up? I figured he'd be in the top ten for sure. 
Matthias Green. Ekholm, everybody, comes in at number nine. Again, it's one of those too soon moments for yeah, some Reds hurts. fans right now. That hurts, and I think it even hurt him. So, but I don't know. I think the reason why I have to put Matthias Ekholm in the top ten, even ahead of somebody like Paul Correa, who only played mm-hmm. two seasons, is longevity. I mean, yeah. you're talking yeah. about a player in Matias Ekholm who wasn't – he was homegrown. Yep. And he was re-signed by David Poyle to a long-term deal early on in his career with Nashville. He was re-signed, and he was that steady, trustworthy mm-hmm. defenseman that you could always count sure. on. Yep. Traded because of his uh, worth and value. <laughs> and how do you feel? Sure. I mean, looking back on it now, how do you actually feel about that trade, Rich? I mean, do you, are you okay with it? I'm okay with it. I okay understand it. why they did it when yeah, they did it. Sure. I know it sucks, but yeah. I understand why they did it when they did it. Yeah. I mean, I get it. it it's going to happen. It was bound to happen eventually. So, yeah, I mean, I'm all right with it. I miss him. Everybody – he was a, a favorite of everybody's, but always going to miss Matias Ekholm. Yeah, it's a business, unfortunately. Yeah, so Matias Ekholm, seven hundred and forty games with the Predators, which is if you're going by games played for franchise history. Let's get to the career list. Sorry, oh, well, he's up there. Mike Twitter joined us tonight. He said, uh, a trade deadline candidate every year I was a Preds fan. Yes, every year his name would come up for sure. So, Matias Ekholm, in terms of games played in the franchise history, is fifth. Wow. Fifth all-time for the franchise in games played. I mean, I know that that shouldn't be the top reason that you like a player. Like, games played, who cares? Like, you played, like, mm-hmm. whatever. But that does speak something in terms of a player like Matias Ekholm, who was – I mean, the guy was drafted 102nd overall in the fourth round. Yeah. We like to always talk about Pecorine – as a late yeah. round draft steal, he no nothing will ever top that. No, nothing. But you know, I mean, Matias Ekholm, fourth round, one hundred and second overall in two thousand nine, and he gets you the fifth most games played in franchise history. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to top that, man? Yeah, you can't. Especially, I mean, what a what a steal! What a player he turned into. And it, you saw his loyalty when he left the team and he was traded to Edmonton. It was not like a nasty breakup. It wasn't that he wanted out. And honestly, that kind of goes along with all of the players we've lost this past year. Yeah. When it comes to Ryan Johansson, I don't think Ryan Johansson wanted to leave necessarily. He's probably happy with where he landed in Colorado. But uh, Matthew Shane, oh, you he's know he probably happy. <laughs> He's probably very happy with where he landed in Dallas. He has a chance to win a Stanley Cup, but he didn't want to leave Nashville. Mm -mm, He didn't want to leave Nashville either. So one thing you are seeing 
with this franchise is that players really do love playing here. They love the community. They love Nashville. They love the fans. Mm -hmm. They love everything about it. And that's a really awesome thing. Glass half full approach here that you can take from all of this is even the players that we've lost this past off season. They didn't want to leave. They weren't nasty breakups per se. No, no. Yeah. Uh, It's yeah. It's, it's the, it's the crappy side of, of the business, but it's necessary. So, so that gives you hope. That gives you hope for this franchise moving forward. And and you hear the newcomers like Gustav Nyquist and Ryan O'Reilly and their media availability. They, of course, they're going to say that. They're not going to like lie yeah. to you and say, that, oh, I hate this place. I don't want to be here. But they seemed very forthcoming and very excited mm-hmm. about being here and wanting to be here. Yeah. So well, that I mean, gives you hope as well. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly was playing for the the mecca of hockey teams in Toronto and probably could have stayed had he wanted to, but. Oh, he, he could have Toronto wanted to keep him. I think he was the one that wanted out. Yeah. So to, to go from, you know, playing in that big market, you know, the, the, the mighty Maple Leafs (laughs) to come to Nashville, (laughs) your Stanley cup pick. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That didn't work out. All right, we got to get, let's move along. We're in the top 10 now. So of top 20 players in (laughs) Nashville Predators history, we got the top 20 to 11 scrolling on the bottom of the screen. Um, If you're listening on the podcast right now through Spotify, Apple, you don't see those recaps on the bottom of the screen. That's why you got to subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch our live episodes whenever you feel like it. Whenever you yep. feel like it, you can watch them on your TV screen at home. Just connect to YouTube. You can watch it on your phone. We stream all of our episodes live. No scripts. All no. of our bloopers end up live on this episode. Yeah. Doesn't everyone love a good blooper? When there's been some doozies, right? We give you plenty of bloopers every episode to choose from. Yeah. All right, so let's get caught up on the comments here as we go through the top ten. Snarky Squeegee CJ says, hold up, serious question. How long has that awesome Prez logo artwork been in the back there? Laugh out loud. Your your, uh, wood uh, Predators logo thing on your wall there. Oh, yeah, that's been there since I moved here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a DIY do-it-yourself thing that I came up with. It's a canvas that has do-it-yourself wood frames around each piece. So it's a canvas broken into pieces of the Prez logo with wood frames around each piece. That's the first thing you hung up in your apartment. Absolutely. And then I can I can kind of move it. To s- you see the oh, Prez the, stick there. The hockey stick. The, Man, the, I want a sign hockey, stick. hockey stick. Yeah. So yeah, that's that that's definitely the centerpiece of my living room. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Uh, Tiger comes in here and says, Ekholm would have been on very short untouchable list. Yeah. Very fair. Very fair. But he had some value, so. He had value. 
it wasn't an easy trade by any means. No, no. Probably the hardest out of all of them. But this yeah, one's about I to be even that. harder, guys. Hey, you guys aren't ready for this one in. Uh, CJ, <laughs> CJ, you might want to shield your eyes because I know you're um, oh. a stan of this player. Anyway. Don't hate me. <laughs> Don't hate me for this. Mm. Here, coming at Which you, one? number eight of top 20 players in Preds history. Ooh, here we go. This one Don't hurts. Hate me for this. Lots of levels. Oh, man. How it are we hurt. feeling, everybody? It, it, How are we feeling? Of, part of the reason it hurts is because he hasn't played hockey in like two years and he's hurt. Um, so that's kind fair. of a bummer. That is but fair. I, I hated to see him go, that's for sure. Ryan Ellis comes in at number eight on my top 20 players <laughs> in Predators history. CJ said, that's my boy, Ryan Ellis. Woo. Fear the beard. The dude was such a – he brought it every game. You never, ever questioned his will to win and to make this team better. He was the ultimate teammate. He was the ultimate locker room guy. He had a great shot on the power play. All those things matter. Didn't he was, and, and he was the player that honestly no one expected to be as great as he ended up being. Is, is he the one? There was a story about when they were making uh, picking the captain that it was between him and Ryan or Roman Yossi, and it was like super close. Was he? Oh, the he one? was. Ryan Ellis was absolutely captain material. Yeah, I, I think he I always think they, was. I think there was a story about it, it was going to be him or Roman Yossi and. Roman obviously won, so. Mm. So, Ryan Ellis comes in at ninth all-time on the Preds list in points with 270 as a defenseman. Pretty solid. Very solid. Among defensemen in the franchise history, let's, let's narrow it down a little bit further. Oh, Max Greenberg said it was him. And he read somewhere that each one recommended the other. Roman said it should be Ryan, and Ryan said it should be Roman. That's a good story. Ryan Ellis comes in at fourth on the all-time Preds list among defensemen in points with 270. And, of course, it's really, really tough to see what he's going through right now with his injuries Mm -hmm. and his career coming up short. It really does suck, but... It would never take away from what he did for this franchise. He only play has played four games for Philadelphia. His 59 power play points with the Preds franchise is sixth among defensemen. Kind of surprised to see him that far back. I thought he'd be a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a few players on ahead of him on that list that we've already named or at least one that we've already named. That's Kimo Timonen, who comes in third on power play points among defensemen with 182. But, yeah, Ryan Ellis was a outstanding teammate, and I put him at number eight not just because of all of his um, stats that you can measure, but also because of 
the intangibles, the mm-hmm. things you can't measure. Yep. Yep. That's what it really comes down to for me is the things you can't measure. Yeah. He was, uh, he was one of the first players. Like when I started watching the predators, he was like one of the first players that I like latched onto. And I was like, I really like that guy. Like he's really good. So yeah. So number eight is Ryan Ellis for me. It's an, it's another player that I have to put my heart behind my brain. I would like mm-hmm. to put him higher because I like him so much. Yeah. But I also got to be objective here at the same time. That's what makes this this whole listing thing of top 20 uh, yeah. really difficult. Same goes for Matias Ocon. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. these are the types of players that over the years fans have come so close to. Mm-hmm that it's hard to like put them so far back. Let's get to number seven. All right. I'm a, we're in the top 10 now. Top 20 players in National Predators history. I don't even know how to feel about this one. Rich, cool. you're going to have a lot to say about this one. Is it Corbinian Holzer? Oh, uh, you're going to have a lot to say about this one. I know Corbinian Holzer. I'm buying you his jersey. I'm going to get a customized jersey for I you. Will take- Preds jersey for Christmas. And it's going to be Corbinian Holzer, and I'm going to make you wear it for every episode during the season. I will. I'll take any <laughs> hockey jersey. Oh my gosh. The man. Number seven on my top 20 players in Predators history. If he's number it, seven, the top six must be juice. Phenomenal. UC Soros comes in at number seven for me. Again, it hurts me really bad to have to put him that far back. It really does. But let's keep things in perspective here, everybody. As much as we love UC Soros, Mm -hmm. the dude is still so early in his NHL career. We forget that. Yep. I mean, he came in behind Pecorine as his mentor and has never ever given us any reason to think that he can't be the next Pecorine, but he still has so much ahead of him in his NHL career. So let's pump the brakes a little bit. That's why I can't put him higher than number seven. The fact that I'm putting him at number seven at this early point in his career was so much unwritten about his NHL future is actually probably saying more than I should say about him. Yeah. The sad thing is he probably will not finish his career in Nashville, but <sighs> sounding surprised he's seven, seven. <laughs> a little bit, but I get it. He is a young dude. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to put him back, but he's got a lot to mm-hmm. prove still. He does. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're a young player like that, you do have more to prove as a goalie. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's number seven actually says more about how much faith I have in him that more than anything for me. Uh, because I'm putting him ahead of players like Matias Ekholm, who's been around the franchise much longer than Soros. I'm putting him ahead of a lot of players who are around who are around much longer than Soros. Yeah. But 
how many games did Saros win for them <laughs> compared to? He's the whole reason why this franchise is still relevant right, right now. Yeah, for sure. Post Pecorino. Yeah. He's he's so stolen he, several games that they had no business winning. <laughs> and I know he's your favorite player. He is my favorite. Is player. he your? Is that fair to say, Rich? He's your favorite player on the current Preds roster. Current Preds roster, yes, absolutely. Yep. Yep. There you have it. All right, we are moving along. We're getting close to our top five here. We're getting close. We're going to number six on the Preds all-time top 20 list. For myself, you have every right to disagree with me and actually welcome it. Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Let's put it out here. Another old-school player for everyone to see. Oh, a yeah. very underrated all-time great. This is probably the most underrated all-time great for this franchise. People forget about him. It's Marty Erat. Yep. Marty Erat is so underrated for this franchise, especially for the newer fans of this franchise. Maybe Predators fans who have just picked up this team in the last couple of years. I don't fault you for it. There's nothing wrong with not understanding how vital Martin Erat was to this franchise and the growth of this franchise. Martin Erat, everybody, is top five still, still to this day in many of the main offensive categories that you would rate a Ford yep. for your franchise last played in 2013. So fourth all time in points for the <clears throat> franchise fourth all time in points. That's a big one right there. And mm. of course, everyone remembers how the national predators hoodwinked the Washington capitals in a trade to get Philip Forsberg. Basically, when Martin Erat's career was pretty much over, NHL career was over, the Predators shipped off Martin Erat to the Capitals for Philip Forsberg. Yep. So again, we like to put all this criticism on David Poyle, a lot of it rightfully so, but that's another perfect example of where David Poyle got a W in the win column. Massive. For that one. Probably his biggest one. That's probably his biggest one. I would say it's probably. Yeah, I would think so. Um, So, just brought up Philip Forsberg, right? That trade mm -hmm. of those two players. Talk about irony here, guys. Mark Erat is, let's put it up here. Let's get it all sorted out here. Mark Erat is fifth all, or fourth, I'm sorry, fourth all time in points for the Predators. With 481. Mm-hmm. Guess who just recently passed him not too long ago and is third on the all-time points list for the Preds franchise? It is Philip Forsberg. There you go. So the two players that were traded for each other with the Washington Capitals sit third and fourth place on the Preds all-time list of points. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I was looking at his um, the teams he's played for. He actually played hockey up until 2020. He played over in Czechoslovakia. That's impressive. That is that is very impressive to keep 
to keep going. Last played in the NHL in 2015 for the Coyotes. And the fact yeah. that he continued his playing career outside of yeah, outside of the NHL mm. is very very impressive for yeah, sure. Right. It shows you a love for the game. Five more years of of playing. One of them in the KHL, and that's that's a tough league. So he's he's about to be 42 years old now. Yeah, Martin Erat is drafted in 1999 in the seventh round by the Preds. <laughs> So literally the Preds' second draft ever, they yep. took Mark Erat in the seventh round. And he is now top five all time in points for this franchise. Yep. Outside of Pecorine, can you pick a better draft steal that the Predators have ever had in their franchise? Mm-mm. I don't know, I don't man. Think so. If you if you're if you're compiling a compiling a list for uh, biggest draft steals in Preds history. Uh, Martin Erat has to be a close second to Pecorine, mm-hmm. I would have to say. Yep. Had a long career with Nashville. Yeah. That's a good one. 163 sure. goals also puts him fourth all time in the franchise history. Assist. Martin Erat is third. In franchise history with 318. With Forsberg coming up on him closely. It's Forsberg will probably pass Erat in assist. Maybe not next season, but definitely the season following. But other than that, Martin Erat is pretty safe on the all-time assist list for this franchise. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of guys who are still on this team who are anywhere close to Martin Erat. He will remain top five in assists for this franchise for a while, even if Philip Forsberg passes him in the next year or two. Right. So I put him at number six. Could be even underrating him a little bit. You could make an argument that Martin Erat should be number five, and I wouldn't even come at you for it. Yeah. But he comes in at number six for me. He's still in, like you said, still leading – are in the top five of a lot of those categories. So, And he's such an easy player to forget about in this franchise's mm-hmm. history. I think that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. I'm even guilty of it. I'm very guilty of forgetting about the greatness of Martin Erat in this franchise's history. Yep. <laughs> Max Greenberg says, underrated because he helped facilitate one of our best trades ever. Just kidding. <laughs> No, it's true. He did. Max nailed it. Yeah. He did facilitate the best trade this franchise has ever put forth. Yeah. Let's move on here. We're into the top five here. Let's recap the top 10 real quick. Number 10 was Paul Correa. Number nine was Matias Eckholm. Number eight was Ryan Ellis. Number seven was our beloved UC Soros. Mm. And number six was Martin Erat. Let's get to our top five. Let's get to the nitty gritty, Rich. Oh, man. (laughs) This is where you don't pull any punches here, all right? This is great. This is where I think, all right, everyone probably knows who my number one is going to be, and that's fair. But I'm still not going to tell you. Yep. But. 
Number five is a very contested oh. argument. You can okay. name so many different players for your, for your number five. Sorting out your top five Preds players in history is just as hard as doing the top 20. It's tough. So as I pull up. But you put in the work. Let me pull it up here. We're going old school again to give you a little window. We're going to share it for our YouTube viewers, and we're about to tell you who it is. Let's put it on the screen. There he is. Props. The first original draft pick of the franchise, David Legwand. Yes, I think that's... You say- you think I'm not going to put the original draft pick of this franchise in the top five? How blasphemous do you think yeah. I am? Do you think I that- get it? I get that David Legwand wasn't the superstar game changing player, and a lot of his numbers are based on longevity. Played 956 games for this franchise. Hey, man. Which is still the franchise leader. Still the franchise leader. So here's something interesting. David Legwand, with his 956 games, is the all-time leader for the National Predators franchise in games played. Longevity, consistency, reliability, all those words come to play. As the original draft pick, imagine if the National Predators screw up that draft pick, their first ever draft pick. As yep. a franchise. Imagine they screw that up. Yeah. And one of the things I always loved about David Legwand is it, this picture that I have on the graphic doesn't do it justice. Legwand had like no teeth left. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen those pictures. <laughs> he was the prototypical hockey player in terms of not having yeah. any teeth left. Yep. So yep. Roman Yossi is coming in hot in second place in most games played in this franchise's history with 827. That's still a long way away. So eventually, so Roman Yossi, assuming no really ugly, really bad injuries happen uh, for Roman Yossi, he will pass David Legwand in most games played for this franchise. God, I'm doing the math in my head right now. But he will pass Legwand by the end of two seasons from now. He, he yes. will overtake Leguan for yep. most games played in his franchise's history. And then after that, you probably won't see that again. <laughs> and the for next- the longest time, David Leguan <laughs> had the all-time goals record for this franchise. At 210, that number stood tall for a long time. Yep. And Philip Forsberg finally passed David Leguan. And he has 239 goals total to Legwand's 210. Yep. So again, he did that in, you ready for this? Forsberg has played <sighs> over 300 games less than Legwand and still passed him in total goals. So that just gives you a comparison of different types of players. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the game changing also as well. Yeah. Uh, so Legwan has played 956 games to get his 210 goals, whereas Philip Forsberg has only played 616 games 
to put up 239 goals. Yeah. Massive difference. And as far as the the game played record, I don't think anybody's ever going to even get any close anywhere close to that. The nearest current predator is Philip Forsberg with six sixteen. So, yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. Don't think anybody's going to get close to that again. So I put Legwand at number five mainly because. He was the original draft pick, and he came in and really lived up to being that first overall draft pick. But I know he was set, chosen second overall in that expansion draft, but he was the first original draft pick by this franchise and absolutely lived up to the hype and lived up to what this franchise needed. It could have been a complete bust. And... Another player you really love, Rich. We're, let's talk about trades again. Mm-hmm. Callie Yarncroak yeah, came to the yeah. Predators through the David Legwand trade. The boy, boy Callie, and that and that sent David Legwand to the Detroit Red Wings. And although it's not on the same level as the Erat Forsberg trade, it is still a pretty crafty trade that the Predators made at the time mm-hmm. to ship off one of their players that they loved, their franchise great at the time, and David Legwand. You trade him away to a rival, if you will, at the time, in the Detroit Red Wings. Right. I remember reading that article at the time and, and being completely upset over it. I understood it. I got it. Legwand yeah. was... On definitely in the back nine of his career at that point, but it was so hard. Leguan was my favorite player and was many Preds fans' favorite player for a long time. Oh, yeah. That we're, we're talking about before the era of Forsberg and Yossi, and even before the era of Shea Weber really taking over for this franchise, before Pecorine, before all of that, you had the toothless David Leguan, <laughs> who was a ragtag, blue-collar, hard-working guy that was the original draft pick of this team. Yeah. Yep. So, Definitely he's number diverse. five for me. Definitely I had to put him in my top five. I had to. I had to. It would have been blasphemy if I didn't put him in my oh, top yeah. five. Absolutely. For sure. Maybe my emotions got the best of me putting him in my top five, but he's in my top five. All right. So. I think everyone sees where this is going now. There's only so many players left, right? Everyone sees where this is going. I think people, yeah, for sure. Yeah, everyone's Figure starting to put the pieces together. All right, we are about to share our number four. David Leguan just came in at number five. Let's put our number four on the screen. Rich, first of all, you have any guesses who our number four is going to be? Let's go ahead and throw out a guess. Because I haven't put it on the screen yet, so you don't know. I'm going to go Shea Weber. Shea Weber, you think, is going to be number four? You are wrong, sir. (sighs) Ooh. Phil Look at Forsberg that young. comes. No, yeah, and I, <laughs> that is an old picture of Philip Forsberg. <laughs> Philip Forsberg comes yeah. in at number four for me. 
You think I'm off base with that? The all-time goal-scoring leader of the franchise? I put him back at number four? How mm. wrong is that? I don't know. I don't think so. I do love that old-school picture, though. It's great, right? <clears throat> it is good. No mustache. What is that? Like 20? What year is that? That's that's going way back. Like I mean, that, we're... we're that's probably 2015, 2016, 2016, somewhere around there. It's, it's, <clears throat> I mean, we know by the Jersey that it's yeah, definitely yeah. pre 2018. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a good picture. And I mean, we forget that his rookie year, Philip Forsberg's rookie year with this team, he was already a force. Yeah. I mean, he, the guy is still so young, first of all, and even now we forget how young Philip Forsberg still is. He's only twenty; he's about to be twenty-nine. He's about to turn twenty-nine. But Forsberg, we've talked about this before. His first full season of regular NHL time was 2014-2015, Played in eighty-two games and put up sixty-three points. Finished fourth in the Calder Trophy race. Yep. And here's what's most impressive about Forsberg. His first three seasons of full-time duty in the NHL, he played all 82 games. Um, How hard is that? How hard is that to accomplish something like that? Yeah. As a young player. Right. But then we just need a healthy Forsberg. And I'm not saying it's his fault. It's not. Yeah, go ahead with that, Rich. Finish no, that's what I, was I think you're say. right. You're right on board with me. Yeah, you look at it. You look at the games played since the 2016-17 season, and yeah, it's just he's gotten hurt. And then like last year was like the worst. I mean, that was like probably I would say the worst injury he's had. And <clears> he was actually so. What people don't realize about Forsberg this past season is he was having his second most efficient season mm-hmm. in terms of point production in his NHL career, only trailing his breakout year of 2021-22. Yep. He was on pace, probably not to be as productive as 2021-22, but he was going to have his second most productive year as an NHL player if he stays healthy and he doesn't suffer that really unfortunate <sighs> Um, fluky, weird, and scary head injury That's, where yeah. I was watching that live Me against too. the Flyers. <laughs> it was a day game. He looked punch drunk. He looked like he didn't know where he was at. It was scary. It was, it was scary stuff. Scary. Yeah, I was when, – when I saw it happen and I saw the replay of him trying to get up and he didn't know where he was, I was like, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be out for a long time. And it wound up being the rest of the season, so – but I think the important thing to remember with that is we'll never know. And I know injuries happen and it's part of it. And that's sports are always full of what ifs. I get that. And we did a segment on it. What ifs, what ifs. Mm-hmm. We did a segment on that uh, in previous, in a previous episode, but what if Philip Forsberg, who was having his second most productive offensive season efficiency wise up until that injury what happens if he that doesn't happen and he's able to put put together a 75 to 80 game season for the Predators? Do you think he's worth a couple extra wins down the stretch 
and get the Predators into the playoffs? I think so. I think so too. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, if he would have hung, if he was available at the end of the year, he probably would have been the most tenured player out of all the, out of everybody. Yeah. Um, so. so, so going into this upcoming season, it, it's, I yeah. mean, the spotlight is going to be on him maybe more than any other player. Yeah. When you yeah. really think about it, because I mean, of course the spotlight's going to be on the newcomers of this team, yeah. like Ryan O'Reilly naturally. But when it comes to players who have stood, st- stuck around mm-hmm. through this uh, reset, if you will, Forsberg is one of the last people remaining in terms of the Fords. Yeah, he is. You got yeah. Colton Sissons who stuck around in terms of veterans who who let's let's just think about players who were around during the Stanley Cup run. <laughs> you got Colton Sissons and you got Phil Forsberg. When it comes to the Fords, not the, I'm not counting defensemen yeah, yeah. and goalies. I'm just counting Fords. Yeah. Am I missing anybody? Nope. It's Colton Sissons and Philip Forsberg. If I if I might be missing somebody if I'm if I'm overlooking it. I think they're no. the only two Fords <laughs> left from that Stanley Cup run. I'm looking at the roster right now, and that, that's it. And that's we're talking five seasons. Mm-hmm. Five seasons ago. Yep. That's how quickly cha- things can change. Five seasons. And, and it's Forsberg and Sissons left in terms of Fords. And yeah, and if even if you look at overall all the players, the only other ones, Roman Yossi. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. The Navy league. helmet. The Navy oh, yeah. helmet puts it at least before the 2016-17 season. Can't remember exactly when they changed. Bring back the Navy helmets, though. Those were sharp. Yeah, those are cool. I like those. We all want to see more Navy. Yeah, like a whole Navy jersey. All right, everyone's making their guesses on who's going to be the rest of this. Uh, so we just did number four. Let's get to number three. It's pretty clear now. It's pretty clear, but we still are going to share it. All right, we're getting number three. Rich, who's number... So you said Shea Weber was going to be number three, and you were wrong. Or you said Shea Weber was going to be number four. Shea Weber is number three for me. And now the suspense is over for most of you. Yeah. Matthew Shane is number one. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, yeah. There Shea you go. Weber. So Shea Weber, number three. I really battled with this. I wanted to put Shea Weber number two, but Ooh. Hmm. Shea Weber comes in at number three for me. How do you feel about that? I'm good with it for sure. Fifth in points still looking at his stats. All time. Um, used to have the hardest shot in hockey. Tough, tough, tough customer, that Shea Weber. <laughs> Shea Weber was the first NHL superstar that was homegrown by this franchise. Yeah. I, he took over all-star games. He, he, he was the first player where 
the outside perspective of this team that we could finally say we had a superstar. Mm-hmm. We had a player that started here. You can't count Paul Korea. We brought mm-hmm. him in. You can't count Jason Arnett, who's also been in my top 20. Um, you can't count Mike Fisher. He was brought in from the outside. I'm talking about mm-hmm. players who started here. Yeah. It was Shea Weber. Mm-hmm. It was Shea Weber. He was the first superstar. Even David Leg David Legwand was never a superstar. Yeah. He was a great player, a long-term player who stood around for a while. He was never an NHL elite superstar. Right. Shea Weber was. Yes, he was. He always will be. And he was a superstar for this franchise who was homegrown, had the hardest shot, was... He put this franchise on the map. He was playing through those years when there was the lockout. Mm-hmm. That lockout season happened. Uh, you had um, the uh, ownership group in Canada was trying to steal the Predators away from Nashville, um, Hamilton, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to get a certain attendance at the Predators games to keep the team here. And if Shea Weber is not part of this franchise through those dark days, I don't know if the Predators stay here. Yeah, probably not. Nashville might not have a hockey team right now. Uh, Probably not. And I I know that's being a little overdramatic, maybe. You might think that's being a little overdramatic, but I don't think it is because I was watching the team at that point. I was a fan of this team. Wasn't writing about the team or covering the team in any way, but I was definitely a fan of watching the team. And I remember reading it. It was all in the news. It was in the Tennessean. It was all over the news every day. Can the Predators get enough average, enough daily attendance to meet the requirement to keep the team in Nashville? Yep. Shea Weber was a big reason why fans showed up to watch this team. At that time. Yep. Getting rid of him was a started a whole big ball of uncertainty for the team up until <laughs> up until now, yes. too. I mean, it was it started a whole big uh landslide of events and, and things that should have and didn't happen. And um yeah, I think I, I've said it before, I always thought it was a mistake getting rid of him. <clears throat> but um, I always liked. I started watching the Canadians because of him. I liked watching him play. So, and we really don't know what's going to happen with Weber in the rest of his career. I mean, it doesn't look pretty. It doesn't look he, like he's with Vegas still now, or did he? Is it somewhere? I else? don't even know. I I, I haven't I kept they, up with it recently. I know people. Maybe maybe team, somebody can hop in the comments and let yeah. us know if they've read anything recently. But I, know, I don't uh, really know. It doesn't seem good. I know teams like to get him. Because they can put him on the long-term injury reserve. Yeah, and that was the reason why he went to Vegas. Um, but that was the last time I knew of where he was. Well, so. it's really sad because it feels like Ryan Ellis is going down that same road wow. that yeah, uh, that Shea Weber is going down. So you got two all-time great defensemen for this franchise who have who are have both gone gone down that unfortunate road of just yeah. injuries that they just can't overcome and it just really shows you how brutal this sport mm-hmm. is yeah i don't remember especially for was... especially guys who play the game the way they do yeah oh yeah. yeah he was tough i don't remember if it was the year the last year before he 
stopped playing or if it was the year before that. But I had read a story when they were in training camp that he hit the puck at the goaltender so hard that it um, cracked the goaltender's helmet and the guy had to get stitches. Sounds about right. In training camp. Yeah. Yep. And that was, and that was, you know, he was obviously older, but could still, you know, bring. And another thing about Shea, another thing about Shea Weber is no one stepped to him. So you would think that a player, you would think that a player like Shea Weber probably had like a lot of fights and he got into a lot of scuffles because he was such a big imposing force. You look at a, a player like Shea Weber and you think, Oh, he got in it. He got in fights. Like this guy looks like an enforcer. He's a big physical body. Shea Weber didn't get in that many fights, and guess why he didn't? Because no one was Nobody. dumb enough to step up to him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You, he had. He always had this little crazy look in his eye. Like he never smiled. Very rarely did he ever smile. Yeah, I just don't think anybody ever wanted to test him, and probably smart on their part. I mean, yeah, it was just like Weber was not the type of player that you were going to step up to. No one really challenged Weber, mm-hmm. and a lot of that, a lot of that had to do with eventually he became like a respected player around the mm-hmm. league. And generally speaking, um, it's like the unwritten rule that you don't start fights with 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 the superstars necessarily. But Weber always played that style of game where mm-hmm. you would think he would have been in a lot more fights than he actually ended up being in. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about Weber. Yeah. I mean, I saw you would see people like squaring off against like Zdeno Chara more than you would ever see anybody think about <laughs> squaring off against Shea Weber, <clears throat> which was funny. Let's move on to number two. We're rounding it out here the top 20 list of Preds players in franchise history. I think you know who the top two is now. I think the suspense is over. Number two is the current captain of this franchise, Roman Yossi. If we would have done this exact same exercise last offseason, I would have had Shea Weber number two and Roman Yossi number three. But I think Roman Yossi has done enough in the time he's been with this franchise now, to surpass Shea Weber. I fully respect people who disagree with me on that. Maybe you think that Roman Yossi still has more to prove. It's a close second and third. Mm. I mean, they are intertwined. It is 1A and 1B when it comes to these two for me, but I did end up siding with Roman Yossi being the number two player in this franchise's history. And he is still on this team, which is beautiful. Yep. Yep. I agree. I have no problem with him being a number two. And he's, when it's all said and done, I mean, when it's all said and done, especially considering he is signed for the long term with this, with this team. He will own every franchise record oh, yeah. outside of the goalies. He will. Mm-hmm. He's agree. already the all-time point leader with 601. You got Philip Forsberg at 511, so a little bit behind him. But Yossi's going to continue to pad his all-time points for the franchise. 
assist. Roman Yossi leads the franchise with 443. He's almost 100 ahead of David Legwan. The mm-hmm. next closest assist leader on the franchise is also Philip Forsberg. He is almost 200 assists behind Roman yeah. Yossi. Yeah, I'm looking at that. <clears throat> hmm. Crazy. Yossi will likely pass Craig Smith, Martin Erat, and Shea Weber in goals this upcoming season and will that will put him third on the all-time list in goals as a defenseman he will only as be trailing David Leguan and Philip Forsberg yep unless Craig Smith has some kind of resurgence in Dallas <laughs> well we're, we're just talking about with the franchise we're not talking yeah, about yeah, I'm just saying yeah just, he would have to come back and join the team no, I don't. Which yeah. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. Let's bring Craig Smith back. Yeah. Let's have Craig Smith play his retirement tour season with the Predators. I would love that. See, see folks, I've just made a blooper. <laughs> yeah, we're only counting stats with the franchise. Yes. But here's another crazy thing. Roman Yossi is still so young in terms of Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 33. He just turned 33. Turned, so, yeah. yeah, he's on the back end of his career, but he's got another three or four really productive years left in him at least, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. So, he's going to pad his stats. He's going to retire a predator. He's got to be number two for me. He better. And that's going to round it out. Stop the suspense. We all know who number one is going to be. I would never do a podcast. (laughs) I would never do a podcast ever again if I didn't make this beautiful, (laughs) amazing man number one on my list. I would just like quit. I would just never do anything regarding the Predators ever again. I would just go away forever. And and that simply was not going to happen. Your number one player in Preds history is absolutely Pecorine. We miss him every day of all time. We miss him every day. Yep. But he's still with us in spirit and he is still, uh, he's doing the mentoring thing, the coaching mm-hmm. thing. It's a scout, I think as well. European when you scout. see Pekka, you see sorrows hugs. It just makes you so mm-hmm. happy and gives you so much joy. Yep. I'm not going to lie. Tears were shed at his retirement. <laughs> It was rough. Yes. And then, of course, we've we've all done the pictures next to the Pecorino statue. Rich, have you made it down to Bruce Genarino to see the statue? Not yet. Not yet. All right. We better see pictures when you make it down there. I will definitely go. Even if it's not a game, if I'm just down there, I'm going to go see it for sure. And I got to tell you, seeing the statue in person, they did such an amazing job with that statue. It's so just well done it's so yeah, beautiful and it it's is. right there in the plaza right as you're walking up to bridgestone arena um even if you're not a predators fan it catches your eye mm-hmm. so going to the draft I, um i took my picture next to it and i saw yep. all these fans wearing other teams jerseys clearly not predators fans who were in all of this statue yeah and i saw fans in other jerseys taking their pictures next to the yeah. Pecorino statue. 
Yeah. Well deserved. And I, and I know fans like to make their jokes about, oh, you gave the guy a statue that never even won you a Stanley Cup. Okay, you know what? You can just get on with that. Get on with that yeah. nonsense. It's our player. It's our franchise great. We can do what we want. We'll build statues of whoever we want. We'll hang banners for whoever we want. Absolutely. Get over it. Get over it. Yep. It's time to retire the banner jokes. We'll do what we but want. But I've seen I've seen that a lot out there where they're giving us crap for giving Pecorine a statue. Yeah. Well, whatever. <clears throat> He's an amazing guy. That's why you love to have haters though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's our top 20. Such go back good. and listen to episode 192. And then you can go and recap all of my top 20. Love to hear from all of you on how you feel about it. Oh, Nikki says, yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. My guy didn't make the cut. Who is that? Matt Duchesne, I'm guessing. Matt Duchesne, I'm guessing. All right. How do we feel about the players I left out? That is the real question. Uh, and who would you take out to put Matt Duchesne in? Because Matt Duchesne was the biggest player that I left out that I thought about. Oh, oh, look, look what she said. Not him, actually. Who is it? Ooh, I thought she was talking about Matt Duchesne. I did too. Who could it be then? Is it Dan Hamuse? <laughs> You like Dan Hamuse. Colton Sissons? Matt, yeah, Colton Sissons. He just hasn't done enough. He's always been, no. to put him in my top 20, he's, I love Colton Sissons. Y'all know yeah, that. Yeah, I do too. Um, to put Nick top Benino. 20 is hard to do. It's hard to make the top 20. Couldn't do Colton Sissons. Who is Nikki re- referencing then? I, I thought she was talking about Matt Duchesne. Let me make my excuse for Matt Duchesne. Um, it came down to Matt Duchesne or. Jordan Tutu or Matt Duchesne yeah. or Jason Arnett. Yeah. I, Matt Duchesne I, I, or PK Subban. Am I really going to put Matt Duchesne ahead of those guys? Yeah. For me personally, I couldn't do it. He wasn't a Matt Duchesne wasn't around long enough. And he was, he did. He had absent. one really spectacular <laughs> yeah. season. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, absolutely. And then his other uh, his other seasons with Nashville were very underwhelming. They weren't that impressive. He had one crazy breakout year. <laughs> Nikki said she doesn't want to say because then she has to hear why he's not on the list. That's funny. I don't know. I don't know who it would be. I don't I don't know who Nikki is referring to. It's driving me crazy. Pizza. <laughs> Didn't even spell the name right. That's wrong. All right, Mike. um lucas b all right so we're gonna do a top we're gonna do a top 500 players in preds history and lucas pizza is going to come down at number 500 he played fair one game (laughs) one game spiza's number 500 corbinian holzer number 499 yeah he Lucas Pizza played in one game, and he's probably been mentioned more than any other player on this podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. All I mean, right. We had a string that, that, going for a while where it was every time. Every time. That's my top tw- that's my top 20. 
hate it, you can love it. Hate it, love it, whatever. Well, you did a good job. You did a good job. It was a project. It took me weeks. It literally took me weeks to really break down that. Yeah. That was let's move on with episode 193 of Catfish on Ice. Let's tell you about our amazing sponsors that we have. Time to tell you about, first of all, let's let's get you more reintroduced with Raycon. Raycon. Even if you're not going on vacation, summers are all about a vacation state of mind. That's a good way to look at it. It's true. You know, like for me, so for me, Rich, the first day back from vacation, I'm always finding myself saying, when's my next vacation? Oh, yeah, for sure. The the first day back. You kind of live in a vacation destination, though. And you you Not now. Not right now. It's so hot know. down here, man. It it's hot. miserable. But it's still everybody. But, um, everybody loves but yeah. being down there. So that's the worst. That your first day back from vacation, back to work, is usually the hardest day to get back into the swing of things, right? It is very hard. So with days. Raycon, with Raycon, whether I want to listen to my favorite podcast or my favorite jam of the summer, my favorite artist, if you will, on repeat. Or just need to retreat inside my own head for a bit. I love creating my own summer soundtrack by popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. So you can just zip on and do your own thing with your wireless earbuds from Raycon. Listen to your own playlist. Unwind. And you can feel like you're on summer vacation even if you're not on vacation. Yep. There's so much going on all summer. Sometimes you need some upbeat music to pump you up before you see people or to stay calm with some guided meditation. So with my Raycons, I like to listen to, I actually like to watch games. I'll pop, I'll I'll watch a baseball game. I'll watch a hockey game. I'll pop on ESPN plus and watch a Preds game. Pop in your wireless earbuds and you can watch games anywhere you want to watch you can be hanging out by the pool pop on pop in your raycon earbuds and watch the game you want to watch that's how cool and easy and these raycon earbuds are let me tell you right now raycons are the best way to listen use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles noise isolation and awareness mode raycons have a 32 hour battery life including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit. They start at half the price of the other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. So save you a little money and get just as good of a product for half the price. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee. I like happiness. No, yeah. who happiness. doesn't like happiness? 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So, create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Catfish on Ice podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% off on Raycon's buyraycon.com 
slash THPN. It's an amazing product. We appreciate yep. them as a sponsor. And uh, in, in today's day and age, having yourself some really comfortable wireless earbuds, whether it comes to listening to a podcast, listening to your favorite music, or taking a phone call while you're driving down the road, yeah. hands-free, Bluetooth style, that all that stuff comes. And they got the speakers as well. If you're hanging out by the pool, hanging out at the park, wherever it is, having a party, you got the speakers as well. So go take advantage of that with our promo code THPN. We're going to tell you about DraftKings here in a little bit as well, our other sponsor. Before we do that, let's move along with episode 193 of Catfish and Ice, and let's Rich talk about some reachable goals for the Predators. Reachable reachable goals. And I know the ultimate prize is the Stanley Cup. We all want that. Let's put that to the side. Is that reachable next year? (laughs) I mean, you never know. Anything can happen. You never know. You never know. Let me start with my first one, and I want to see if you even think this is reachable, Rich. And I'm going to tell you why I think it is. I think the Predators can realistically have a top 10 offense. I agree. I agree. Doesn't mean I think they're going to be a top 10 team. But I do think they can score a lot of goals next season. I do too. I actually do as well. Um, they're they're shaping up to be a faster team. Um, they're not going to um, uh, with the with the new coach Andrew Burnett, uh, and and even with Barry Trotz. I think he wants you know he wants them to play faster, um, which usually equates to more goals if your guys are hitting. So. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely uh, definitely doable. And it's going to be fun to watch. Well, I, so I think that this team is going to go through their growing pains. I'm yeah. thinking like the first 20 games, 15 to 20 games, it might be a little hard to watch. It's going to take some time, some trial and error. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit of shuffling the lines a little bit, but honestly, I hope they don't shuffle the lines too much, even if it starts off kind of shaky. I think you're going to have to give this thing time to really mesh well. Yep. But it's an 82-game season. you got to be a little patient. And I think that as the season rolls on, it's going to, going to become a pretty well-oiled machine in terms of scoring. I like the blend of veterans with the young talent. I'm really hoping that Andrew Burnett and Barry Trotz takes the approach of matching the veterans they picked up in free agency with the younger talent. So Evangelista with O'Reilly, mm-hmm. maybe Nyquist with Cody Glass, like things like that sounds really enticing to me and can work out really well for this team. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, it might be might be rough in the beginning, but I think once they get going, they'll be just fine. It's a new new era. It's like we've said tons of times. Yes, and it's absolutely true. All right, so I think the next reachable goal, Rich, you'll totally agree with because it was one of your predictions – that is Mr. UC Soros, who came in number seven on my top 20 players of all time. He might move into top t- 
top five status on my list. If you ask me next season, if he wins a Vesna this year, mm-hmm. I might have to move Soros up into the top five. But he doesn't have a Vesna trophy yet. He Not doesn't yet. have a first round series playoff win to his resume yet. Not yet. He did play play relief duty for Pecorine past the first round, but he's mm-hmm. never been the primary starting goaltender for this team past the first round. Yep. So if he can accomplish those two things, then top five status for this franchise might be due for him. But yep. just speaking on reachable goals for 2023-24, do you think – well, I already know your stance on it, Rich, because you predicted it. Yeah. But I think he's winning definitely. a Vesna trophy finally for UC Soros. I think that's a very realistic goal. I think it is. I think, uh, I mean, he just did some amazing things last year. And like I said earlier, he won them games that they had no business winning. Um, he's a, he's a top, I'd say four goaltenders in the NHL. Um, some would say three. Um, so in the last in the last three seasons, Soros has finished fourth in the Vesna voting, third in the Vesna voting, and sixth in the Vesna voting. So he's yeah. right up there. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about his first three years taking over for Pecorine, which is an enormous Huge. pressure against him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sixth, think- third, and fourth in the Vezina Trophy voting. And we're talking about a, a league that has so many elite goaltenders. Mm-hmm. And he's finished yeah. that high in his first three full years as the starting goaltender for the Preds. Yeah. Pretty amazing. He does some amazing things. Of course. So, yeah. So that's what we got. That's what we got that. I think that's a realistic goal. My next one, ooh, this one is not as realistic as the first two, but I think it's something we can ask for. Forsberg comes back as Scoresburg. Let's all cross our fingers and hope. I think he can do it. I think you can do it as well. I love the Ryan O'Reilly edition because I think Ryan O'Reilly and Philip Forsberg are, are going to be a, a great match. O'Reilly is going to bring out the best in Forsberg. That's kind of like the optimistic side of me sees that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Um, I like Ryan Johansson and all, but I don't know. Ryan O'Reilly just plays a different game. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I think, like you said earlier, he was, he was having a really good season despite all the other stuff going on last year until he got hurt. So I see no reason why he just doesn't, I'm sure he's itching to get back out there and show what he can do. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a, that's a realistic goal for me is can Forsberg, I'm not saying he has to replicate an 80 plus point season like he did in 20 uh mm-hmm. in this the previous season, but can he get around that 70 point range? Can he become uh can he kind of replicate kind of what he showed us that one season where he really broke out before he got the contract? Yep. Uh 
the big contract. That's that's a big one. Yep. It's a big one. Yep. I think Ryan O'Reilly can really help that happen. Yep. If Ryan O'Reilly is not signed this offseason and we're we're looking at a roster without a Ryan O'Reilly, I'd be a lot more hesitant to say that right now. Yeah, me me too. I agree. Um Forsberg's the man in Nashville now. I mean, he's the man. So yes. We're gonna need him to play awesome. All right. So so CJ asked a question here. He says, What is your guys' opinions on our realistic chances for winning at Calder for our rookies? Hmm. And then Nikki jumps in and says, The problem with the Calder is I think is the smaller market teams get ignored. So a rookie from Nashville has to be unquestionable in points and skill to even be considered. I totally agree with what Nikki says <clears throat> there because we saw it with Tanner Janot. Yeah. Yeah, and you could make a, a really good argument for Tanner Janot that season um, for how well he was playing, and yeah, not not a lot Tanner of people. Tanner was completely him. overlooked in in the Calder Trophy race. Uh, mm-hmm. No one was really talking about him at all, even though he was right up there in terms of stats. Uh, so I, I think there's some merit to what Nikki says in terms of smaller market teams. Um, I, I've been – I mean, this is going to be a, a a pretty tough year for Calder Trophy Race because you, you have so many rookies coming in. And, of course, you have yeah. Connor Bedard. I mean, the whole focus is going to be on him. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I've already said it in a previous episode, but um, I would love to – I think Luke Evangelista is going to, it, at the very least, uh, thrust himself into the conversation yeah. of rookies, the best rookies. I do. I, I, I feel do. really good about that. So and um when he played last season, it was so exciting to watch him play. I mean, it was just it was awesome. I loved it. I was I was really happy that he got the opportunity to uh to to play when he did for as many games as he did. I loved it. Let's get to our final realistic reachable goal for the Predators in 2023-24. As we are sitting, we're in August now, so we're getting through the desert, mm. if you will, of the off season. So Still hard. got a long, <laughs> got a long ways to go. <laughs> got such a long ways to go. So hard. But um, here's my last one. This one is a pretty general one compared to the other three. Wide scope here. The Predators will win their first playoff series since 2018. Yep. And that again falls into a line with other. So this is actually linking up with our insane prediction segment from the previous episode. Episode 192, Rich had a couple insane predictions. One was that UC Soros would win his first Vesna, and his other insane prediction, way more insane. I was mind blown. I was speechless. Didn't even know what to say. Get past he the says that the Predators are going to get past the second round. I think it's doable. I don't go see to why the West. That would only be their second conference finals appearance in franchise history. That's, so you still have me speechless on that one. I think I think they can do it. But I do think a reachable goal is that they at least win a playoff series this year. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely. Uh, I mean. Of course, it's always about who do you draw in the first round. Mm-hmm. 
what kind of injuries are you dealing with at the time? Mm -hmm. All that stuff, obviously, we have no idea. But I do think this team has the makeup of Mm -hmm. grinding out a first-round playoff series. I think they can exercise their demons this year. They got to get in first. Mm -hmm. But eventually, something has got to break right for this franchise where they win a first-round series again. Absolutely. It it feels like it's been so long. And it looks like things are being put into motion now to where the luck is going to start happening. And I mean, I'll be forthcoming with this. If the Predators don't make the playoffs this year, I'm not going to be overly upset about it. No. No. I mean, be. I have a completely different outlook on this team than I've had in a long time yeah. in terms of, obviously, I don't want to be heartbroken. Like, I don't want the team to play great and then just fall apart out of nowhere. Right. I would prefer that not to happen. But I have tempered expectations here. But at the same time, I have a glass half full look outlook on this team right now. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, So. I do too. I could see them winning their first playoff series. I don't see them going past that, but I could see them winning a playoff series this year. I could. They might. Especially if they draw the right team in the first round. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, even if they had gotten into the playoffs last year, they wouldn't have made it out of the first round because they wouldn't be getting anybody back. Matt Duchesne wasn't going to come back. Obviously, Johansson wasn't going to come back. So, Forsberg shouldn't have came back if they if he very did, good he point have. no very yeah. good point but I think if the Predators <laughs> made the playoffs this past year that would have been a trophy in itself absolutely yeah with was, how young that team was and and I I don't think anyone would have been upset if the no. Predators got swept in the first round if they made it in nope. I think we would have all just been very proud of this team for even making it yep absolutely we were proud of the team for making it to game eighty before they got eliminated. With everything yeah. that happened. Yeah. Absolutely. So it yeah. was a completely different perspective than they, previous years. And they beat some so, big teams. They did. Those, yeah, those young guys did. And, you know, if they would have made it, they would have drew the eventual Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights in the first round. That probably would have been a sweep. So, Ooh. yeah. Mike Twitter's correct. Ha ha, the Calgary win. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was their Super Bowl. Yeah, it was. That shootout win over the Calgary Flames to eliminate the Flames from playoff contention, mm. that was their Super Bowl, basically. Yeah, yep. that was so exciting. CJ says, this year will be a growth year for the rookies, a learning year for the new system. Playoffs would be a sweet, but I'm watching to see who excels this year and who will be a factor long run. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely a trial season. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Those are the realistic goals that we have set for the Predators in 2023-2024 here in episode 193 Love of it. Catfish on Ice. Time to tell you about DraftKings, oh, our geez. OG sponsor, as Rich likes to call them. And they are. They are the OG sponsor. Still got an awesome offer for you right now. With our bonus bets through DraftKings in this offseason, we don't have 
basketball or football or hockey going on right now, but we do have a still a lot of really awesome sports going on right now. So new customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369 in Kansas. Call 1-800-524700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problems. Gambling call 886-789-7777 or visit ccpg. Dot org 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. First of all, Rich, have you ever been to Connecticut or Kansas? No, and no. Now, here's beautiful, though. I do too. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg requirement for 100% boost eligibility. Wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com slash draftkings.com slash baseball terms. There you have it. It's longer. So basically, if you're in Connecticut or Kansas, you need to be careful. Yes. I hear Connecticut's beautiful. I've never been to Kansas oh, or would, Connecticut. I would love to go to Connecticut in the fall. That's the one thing I miss the most about living down here in Florida is there's no seasons. It's just like hot all the hot time. All the time. <laughs> and, then, and then you get like a really short winter. You get a really re- – it lasts like two weeks. Yeah, and, w- and winter down there is what, 80 degrees? Oh, uh, no. Actually, this past Christmas, it was below freezing. It, it was cold enough to snow here. Wow. On Christmas Day. But like I said, it lasts like two or three weeks and then it's gone. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Too hot so, yeah. for me, bro. I do miss the seasons. That's, yeah. that's I do miss fall. Fall is my favorite Mine too. Uh, season. So I do least miss favorite, that, but least favorite summer. Yeah. Well, I don't know how people who live like in Minnesota, I don't know how they deal with those winters or Buffalo. Yeah. Um, we've seen pictures before that CJ's or like North Dakota, like people who live in North Mm -hmm. Dakota where it gets below freezing or it gets below, it gets negative temperatures for like a month straight. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how those people, I I think I could deal with the summer better than that, but you know, yeah, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't like that. That's a little much, but cooler temperatures are always better though. For sure. My favorite. Let's move, let's move on here with episode 193 of Catfish on Ice. And we got a few more things to get to. Let's get to some of our poll questions here. Oh, yeah. 
our first major poll question. We sent out two poll questions. Some good ones. Our first one we're going to discuss here is the most mysterious players among the Predators. We're talking about players where we have no idea how they're going to perform. They could be duds. They could actually break out. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. So. Some, some other good uh, people, other good players people put in here as well. So here's how we put out this poll question. Who is the biggest unknown for the Predators heading into the season in terms of how they'll perform? Our three options were Tyson Berry, Kevin Lankinen, keep forgetting he's the backup, <laughs> and Philip Tomasino. And then we left an option for other, and then we wanted you to name. So with those votes, 31% voted for Tyson Berry, 7% for Kevin Lankinen, 48% for Philip Tomasino, yeah. and other got 14%. Let's read some of the other votes first. Yeah. Um, um, on, on, on Twitter or X now that it's called, <laughs> no, that this, this user's name is nobody, you know, I like that name. That is good. Nobody, you know, on, on, uh, on X says Igor Afanesia for me. He, will he make opening day roster? That's a good Maybe. question. He almost did last year. I don't know if he makes the opening day roster. I'm skeptical of that. I am too. But with the new system, with an offensive system, and with Andrew Burnett, Mm -hmm. can't completely count it out. I think Igor Afanasiev is definitely going to be one of the top players to watch in training camp for sure. Uh, CJ in the poll says Dante Fabro for me, really unsure where he fits. And if he does, how he'll perform based on what the fans are projecting for him. Yeah, Dante Fabro is a really tough one to figure out. That's every year, it seems like. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's very true. Every year. Poor guy. I know, right? He has his moments, has good moments and bad moments. I, I just don't know. I don't know where where to put Dante Fabro. Um, Is he going to start in game one of the regular season? I've also, you know, Luke Shin has made everything really complicated in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking at the roster right now. There's, there's seven. We have so many right-handed defensemen. Mm -hmm. There's seven. Someone's going to have to switch. Someone's going to have to switch sides. Yep. Yep. Um are are you gonna pull Jeremy Lazan out? Are you gonna you're not gonna bench Alex Carrier? You just went through all that trouble to re-sign him as an RFA. So I don't know. I really don't know. Yep. You got four right shots and three lefts. So you're you know Justin Gambino says uh Alex Carrier is the biggest question mysterious player for him. Jeannie on Twitter says, I voted for Tomasino, but Carrier is a close one because of all of his injuries last year. And then Andrea says, Kiefer Sherwood is one of her most mysterious players. That's a good one. He's on the team. He makes it. But but in terms of this poll question, I actually voted myself for Tyson Berry. Mm, I voted for Tomasino. 
as sad as this sounds, I keep forgetting that Tyson Berry is on this damn team. <laughs> he was like, the... I get that he, I mean, obviously, I know he's on the team and he was traded for Matias Ekholm, but like, he doesn't feel like a long term player mm-hmm. for this team. I feel like they're going to flip him no. at the trade deadline. I hope he does. I hope they don't. I like him, but I really think they're going to flip him. Yeah, they might because he's going to be a free agent yeah. in the off season. And are you really going to oh, pay yeah. up for him in the upcoming off right. season? Yeah, for sure. An aging player like Tyson Berry, who's probably going to want a, a decent contract. Yeah, he's probably going to going to be looking for his last big contract before he retires. That's true. Are yeah. the Predators going going to be the team that's going to be going to be willing to pay up for Tyson Berry? Yeah. He's going to be a UFA. He's going to be a UFA. We're going to go through the same situation we kind of went through with Philip Forsberg, although not on the same scale, yeah, but similar. Right. Yeah. Are you, um, you're probably going to trade Tyson Berry at the, at the 2024 deadline. You probably are. Yeah. I mean, if he's got some value for sure. Yeah. The question is, how does he perform? Is he going to be performing very, very well at a high level to raise mm-hmm. his own value? And where are the Predators going to be in the standings at that point? All if right. they're way out of the standings and they're way out oh, of the yeah. playoff race, then you absolutely trade him. You trade him. Yeah. yeah, for sure. If they're top three in the division and they're playing really, really well and Tyson Berry is playing a big role and factor into you why you're playing so well, you're going to have, you probably can't trade him. Yeah. It'd be tough to get rid of him for sure. So that's why I voted Tyson Berry in my poll. Yeah. At the risk of angering Twitter um, and for having an opinion, I voted for Philip Tomasino because. Well, (laughs) it kind of confirmed what I said. I know it's, I agree. Yeah. I think it's, Definitely a mystery. Definitely a mystery player. But these are all good. Tomasino, I think Tomasino's gonna have a a quality year. I don't know where he's gonna where they're gonna put him. And much like I said, Luke Shin kind of complicates uh what happens with Dante Fabro in the lineup Mm -hmm. on the on the forward side of the things. Gustav Nyquist kind of makes it complicated on where Philip Tomasino is going to be at in the lineup. Mm, yep. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and reading between the lines, it seems like Nyquist is going to be in the top six, most likely. Yeah. yeah you don't go out and sign a free agent veteran player to just throw them in the bottom six. Right. Most likely. Yeah. So I would think that Nyquist is going to be in the top six. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, Tomasino is definitely a fair choice there in the poll. I, I think Tyson Berry is the more mysterious player for me. I don't know where yeah. his long-term future at, is at with this team other than being a trade piece eventually. Yeah. yeah. I did like the mention of Dante Fabro, though. That's a good one because he's kind of in that same boat. Absolutely is. Our, our other poll question that we threw out t- – Later tonight or earlier tonight, right before we went live, we threw this poll question out, so it's still kind of new, but it does have a decent amount of votes already, and it's a good one. So, we got three teams who had playoff streaks going up until this past season. The Predators were one of them, and their playoff streaks came to an end. Mm -hmm. 
the Predators, the St. Louis Blues, and the Pittsburgh Penguins all saw their playoff streaks in this past season. The Penguins had the longest playoff streak. They did. Yeah. Out of these three teams looking to bounce back, who do you give the best chance to return to the postseason in 2024? Before we read those the results, <laughs> Rich, who did you pick out of these three? Oh, Nashville all the way. Really? Yeah. And you're not being a homer. You're not being I'm a not, homer? I don't know. No, I'm not being a homer. <clears throat> I voted I Predators know. as well. I voted Predators I as well. I don't know what the Blues got going on. I haven't paid much attention to them, but – uh, I know Pittsburgh's lots of old, old, older gentlemen on that team. So <laughs> older, older gentlemen. They older still have Sidney Crosby though, so let's keep that. They in do, mind. they do, but they had um, him last year too. But uh, so it came for me for this poll question. For me, it came down to Pittsburgh or Nashville. Yeah, I threw out St. Louis pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, St. Louis is probably in for some mediocre days. I think so. I'm not saying yeah. they're going to be the worst team in the division, but they're definitely – I don't see them returning to the postseason. Pittsburgh, yeah. they're in such a tough division. The Penguins are. They are, yeah. And there's a lot of pressure on them anyway. Everybody loves them. I don't, but other people do. So if you look at the divisions and you look <laughs> at where Pittsburgh is, what they're up against and they're mm-hmm. in the Metropolitan Division – a lot of people are taking New Jersey to win the Stanley Cup next year. That's how good New Jersey is. They were good. Car- Carolina's going to be back. They're not For going sure. anywhere. We we expect the Rangers to not going anywhere. So that's your top three, most likely. They finished top three in the Metro this past year. We expect that to be the same way. And then you got Pittsburgh hanging out. They're, they're a wild card team at best, right? But so yeah. are the Predators. So are the Predators, most likely. A lot of people see it that way. So it's a tough poll question. And let's read the results. Got a lot of votes. So thank you for voting. Out yeah. of So the Predators have 39% of the vote to return to the postseason. The Blues have 32%. And the Penguins have 29%. So it's yeah. a really, really co- close poll. People might might not have voted for the Penguins out of spite. So... Uh, Jeannie gives a good response on this poll question. She says, obvious answer, Preds. The Blues are rebuilding in the pit and the pins got sank last year while the Preds might actually be, be better than two years ago. There you go. So yeah, that, that, that's a, that's a close poll question there. I like it though. Yeah. Predators are leading the poll though. It is a tough one. I think it's realistic. It's another one of those realistic goals. For sure. Yeah. All right. We are going to close out episode 193 with su- with some stuff to make you feel good. Uh-huh. Is that fair, Rich? It's awesome. All right. So first, we are in the middle of baseball season. <laughs> and Rich, I shared this with you. I, did. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I love it when fans. Oof. So baseball fans are a whole nother breed. Yes. especially New York Yankees fans. And so I do live down here in a baseball town. I live literally two blocks away from the Tampa Bay Rays ballpark, Tropicana Field. So people really do care about baseball down here. And, you know, like I cannot stand the Yankees. 
and I have adopted the Rays as my team. Uh, and the the Yankees were or the Rays have a series currently going on against the Yankees right now, and the Yankees are kind of a mess. Like they are way they're in danger of missing the playoffs, despite having one of the highest payrolls in baseball. Which wow. you know, for the people who don't watch baseball, there's no salary cap. Like it's literally like the richest teams buy the best players. That's how yeah. baseball works. So weird. It, it's the exact opposite of the flat cap that is the NHL, where <laughs> players, where, where teams cannot go out and get the players they want in the NHL. No. Baseball, like, the richest, the highest bidders win in baseball. NHL teams get like one or two of the players they want. <laughs> so let me preface by this saying that the Yankees put out a the team account put out a really really good good charity, and I'm not dogging the charity. No, it's awesome. I think it's. It's an amazing charity. It's not Mm -hmm. about – this is not in any way making fun of the charity. But the New York Yankees put out a charity. It's called the Independence Fund, which is supposed to help wounded military veterans. And it's it's amazing. And and if you can help, please help. Like it's it's, it's called the Indy Fund. It empowers our nation's veterans to overcome physical, mental, and emotional wounds incurred from the line of duty. Yep. So on, it's an amazing cause, yeah, but on, fans on, being fans. On, I was but, just gonna say real quick on Twitter, they're at Indy Fund, I N D Y F U N D. If anybody wants to, it's an, and it's it's so cool. It's yeah. really cool that they're doing something like this. So this is yeah. in no way. I'm no. talking about the. It's not about some that. of these, <laughs> and and the, and the fans are just being fans here. They're not dogging the charity. They're just no. being fans. But some of the some of these tweets are. I'm just gonna be honest. They're pretty funny. One, so two. let me read. Let me read some of these responses to this tweet. One tweeter Yankees fan says, "Can he play left field?" Um, oh, another yeah. one says, "Another one says we got our left fielder." Yeah, they they gave they helped out a, a veteran Pete Sutherland, so that's okay. that's where that goes with. They gave him a, okay. a track chair. Um, to help yeah, him yeah. With, with mobility. So, yeah. Now, we've got, on with the horrible. <laughs> we've got another. We've got another uh, Yankee fan who says, "I'm sure these replies will be civil." <laughs> um, another. Um, let's see. How about you start a fund to help me with my emotional issues d- d- derived from watching you play? <laughs> It's Yankees horrible. fans are brutal. It's horrible. It is horrible. But oh, uh yeah. So Yankees fans, yeah, it's hard. It's hard times being a Yankee fan right now. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Can you play left field? It's just the fans, man. Fans get brutal on social media. It's it yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. Let's sh- let's share a really positive video. So, you know, I'm an animal lover. This was a good one. I love my animal videos. I love compassion. I love seeing people show compassion because I think the animal kingdom shows a lot of compassion that humans could learn from. I saw the video you had of the, the fox trying to take the apple from the cat. Yeah, which is that's not the one I'm about to share here. I know it's but not. Yeah. I just remember seeing that. That was a good one. Because that fox could probably maul that cat and and take its apple, but he, he chose not to do that. So that was some compassion. <laughs> yeah. All right. So 
Let's uh let's get it on the screen here for our YouTube viewers. If you're listening on the podcast right now, you gotta subscribe to YouTube so you can watch these fun videos that we share all the time. So I got it on the screen here for our YouTube viewers. It's beautiful, it's awesome. Let me get the full screen effect here and let's play this. Yep. Let's uh let's see. All right, we got it. We got it. We got yep. it pulled up here. So this is a mama fox watching her baby be rescued by a wildlife rescue. So let's share it here for everybody to watch. No good. She's like, oh, he, 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 you can actually hear in, the fox. Yeah, he got in a drain pipe. Oh. <laughs> Mama's watching. Mama's watching as her baby's being rescued. She's, she's obviously doesn't know if she needs to leave or. Oh, here he comes. And there he is. Oh my oh, god. He looked like a wet possum. Awesome. Here, here's the beautiful part. They actually give this cub a bath. Oh, do they? Wow. Yeah, watch. Yeah, they give. Look at his teeth. Big as like. Oh man. She didn't leave. This is beautiful. This is the best part right here. Best part, yeah. So the cub is in the carrier, all washed. And here comes mama. Here comes mama getting her baby. Oh, she's got a messed up foot. Let's watch the baby. The baby cub jumps out of the carrier, all washed up and cleaned. She's like, is that you? <laughs> Are you my baby? <laughs> Are you my baby? <laughs> Somewhere there's a Mari joke in this. She's trying to get some. What? Oh, uh oh, uh oh. Oh. Like, I'm going to go get back in that drain pipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Cubs going to make the same exact mistake. Yeah, that would be messed up. Oh. There they go. So beautiful. Reunited. That was good. That was a so, good one. That's how we end episode 193 of Catfish on Ice right there is with some beautiful compassion. Goodness. Uh, wildlife rescuers who go out there and do things like that are yep. some serious heroes in my book, first yep. of all. And I do love just seeing the animal kingdom care for their care for their care for their young in ways like that. And yep. um awesome i think what it really comes down to is we could all 
show a little bit more compassion in the way we oh, live our lives? A little bit more. We could show a lot more. It would make it would make the world a much better place. Mike Twitter says nice stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that's how we're gonna close out episode one ninety three. We hope you enjoyed it. Here we're getting through the off season. We got a little ways to go, but we appreciate all of you. We finished out the top twenty players in Preds history. We threw out some reachable goals for the Predators. Talked about some mysterious players for the Predators. All that good stuff. We love you so much. Thank yeah. you for listening. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Please hit subscribe if you feel so willing. We really appreciate that as well. We'll see you later. We hope you have a great rest of the week. Until then, take care, everybody. This has been Catfish and Ice, episode 193, part of the Hockey Podcast Network with Chad Minton and Rich Howell. Take care.